Book 2, Chapter 7 of The History of Pompey the Little. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The History of Pompey the Little, or The Life and Adventures of a Lapdog, by Francis Coventry. Book 2, Chapter 7 Matrimonial Amusements when our hero waked the next morning and found himself in new apartments, the first thing he did was to piss on a pair of velvet breeches which lay in a chair by his lordship's bedside. After which, the door being open, he traveled forth and performed a much more disreputable action on a rich turkey carpet in my lady's dining room, having thus taken possession of his new house by these two acts of season. He returned to the bedside, and reposed himself again to sleep till his lord should please to be stirring. About ten o'clock Lord Marmozet raised himself up in the bed, and rang his bell for servants to assist him in the fatigue of putting on his clothes. The valet-in-chief immediately attended, undrew the curtains, and respectfully inquired his master's pleasure. In answer to which his lordship signifying that he would get up, Guillaume folded his stockings, placed his slippers by the bedside, and was going to present him with his breeches, when, lo, the crime our hero had been guilty of stared him full in the face, and gave such an air of surprise to his features that his lordship could not help asking what was the matter. Guillaume then related the misdemeanor, at which his master was so far from being angry that he only laughed at the astonishment of his valet, and calling the dog upon the bed, caressed him with as much tenderness as if he had performed the most meritorious action in the world. Then turning again to his servant, What does the booby stare at, cries he, with such amazement? I wish to God the dog had pissed in thy mouth. Prithee get a fresh pair of breeches, and let me rise. Or am I to lie abed till midnight? As soon as he was dressed in his morning dishabille, he went downstairs to breakfast, in which our hero bore him company, and had the honor of eating roll and butter in great magnificence. When breakfast was over, he recollected that it might now be time to send up compliments to his lady, which he generally performed every morning, and imagining that she would not be displeased with the present of so pretty a dog. Here, Guillaume, said he, take this little dog and carry him up the stairs to your lady. My compliments, and desire to know how her ladyship does this morning. Tell her I found him. Pox take him. I don't know where I found him but he's a pretty little fellow, and I am sure she must be pleased with him. Though the reader must from hence conclude that Lord and Lady Marmazet repose themselves in different beds at night, he will not, I imagine, be surprised at such a circumstance in this accomplished and fashionable age. Her ladyship was a woman of great wit, pleasure, and amour, as well as her husband, only with a little more reserve and caution, to save appearances with the world. Her familiarity with a sharper at Bath may have already given the reader some sketch of her character, and for the rest it will be only necessary to inform him that she had spent the greatest part of her life in St. James's parish. Her husband had married her without the temptation of love, because she was a rich heiress of a noble family, and she had consented to the match with an equal indifference only because it preserved her rank and station in the world. In consequence, they soon grew totally unconcerned about each other, but then, being both of easy, cheerful tempers, their indifferences did not sour into hatred. On the contrary, they made it a topic of wit, 
and when they met, to raily one another in their mutual amours. These meetings indeed were not frequent, once or twice a week perhaps at dinner, at which times they behaved with the utmost politeness and complacence. Or if they railed, it was done with so much gaiety and good humor that they only parted with the greater spirits to their evening amusements. In short, his lordship pursued his pleasures without any domestic expostulations, and her ladyship in return was permitted to live in all respects, as Juvenal expresses it, tanquam vicina mariti, more like her husband's neighbor than his wife. Her ladyship was now just awake and taking her morning tea in bed when Guillaume ascended the stairs and knocked at her chamber door. The waiting gentlewoman, being ordered out to see who it was, returned immediately to the bedside with a dog in her arms, and delivered the message that accompanied him. As her ladyship had never in her life discovered any fondness for these four-footed animals, she could not conceive the meaning of such a present, and with some disdain in her countenance ordered the fellow to carry back his puppies to his master. But when the servant was gone downstairs, bethinking herself that there might be some joke in it, which she did not perceive, and resolving not to be outdone by her husband in wit, she asked her maid eagerly if there was any such thing as a cat in the house. "'A cat, my lady!' cries the waiting gentlewoman. "'Yes, my lady, I believe there is such a thing to be found.' "'Well, then,' said her ladyship, "'go and catch it directly, and carry it with my compliments to his lordship. "'Let him know I am infinitely obliged to him for his present, "'and have sent him a cat in return for his dog.' The maid simpered without offering to stir, as not indeed conceiving her mistress to be in earnest, but having the orders repeated to her, she set out immediately to fulfill them. After much laughter below stairs among the servants, a cat at length was catched, and the waiting maid went with it in her arms to his lordship's dressing room. Having rapped at the door, and being ordered to enter, with a face half blushing and half smiling, she delivered here message in the following terms. My lady desires her compliments to your lordship, and begs the favor of you to accept of this in return for your dog. After which, dropping the grave mouser on the floor, she was preparing to run away with all haste, being ready to burst with laughter. But his lordship, who was no less diverted, called back to her, and having entertained himself with many jokes on the occasion, sent her upstairs with a fresh message to her mistress. This was immediately returned on the part of her ladyship, and many little pieces of the raillery were carried backwards and forwards, which, perhaps, might not be unentertaining. But as we are sensible with what contempt these little incidents will be conceived by the reader, if he happens to be a judge, a politician, or an alderman, we shall dwell no longer on them, and here put an end to the chapter. End of Book 2, Chapter 7 Recording by L. Lambert Lawson